Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Over prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Prog Watch. Music that tells a story. With your friend and host, Big Tony Rousick. AKA. Frog Squatch. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome back to Prague Watch, my friends. This is Big Tony, your host, and I've got something a little different in store for you this week. Uh, but hang in there, bear with me, because there's going to be plenty of great music and plenty of great guitar pyrotechnics as well. That's because this week the subject of the show is none other than Gary Moore. Robert William Gary Moore, to be more specific, was born on 4 April 1952 and sadly died before his time on 6 February 2011. He was, of course, an Irish musician, most widely recognized as a singer, songwriter, and virtuoso rock and blues guitarist. In a career dating back to the 1960s, Moore played with blues rock and hard rock bands such as Skid Row and Thin Lizzy, Prague Fusion Act, Coliseum 2, and had a big role in Greg Lake's first two solo albums and his touring band in the early 1980s. So the versatile Moore has plenty of Prague credentials. Later, of course, he followed on to heavier solo material in the 1980s before coming back to his blues roots in the 1990s. Notable musicians, aside from Greg Lake, with whom Moore shared the stage during his career include Don Airy, John Heisman, Phil Lynott, B.B. King, Albert King, John Mayall, Jack Bruce, Albert Collins, George Harrison, and Cozy Powell, to name a few. This show will be a little off the beaten path for Prog Watch because Gary was a very versatile player who adapted to so many styles. Yet he is a guitarist I have admired very much since the days of my youth. Furthermore, the folks at BMG Music have a new collection of Gary's recordings called Blues and Beyond, which was officially released on the 24th November. And in the lead-up to this release, I was able to get an interview with one Graham Lilly, 
who was a longtime friend and guitar tech to Gary Moore. A little later, I will let you hear some of my conversation with Graham, and we'll hear a few tracks from the new collection. Graham and I will also be filling you in on the whole Blues and Beyond project, which is available in several different formats and even in a vinyl version. So some of the music you hear today will head off into the hard rock and blues directions, but I will also be playing some more progressive material from Gary's illustrious career. Let's start with some great music from his time in Coliseum 2. From the album Strange New Flesh in 1976, this is Dark Side of the Moog.
Dark Side of the Moog by Coliseum 2 featuring Gary Moore from their first album Strange New Flesh in 1976. Now let's listen to some of Gary's work with Greg Lake from Greg's album King Biscuit Flower Hour Presents Greg Lake in Concert, which was recorded in 1981 but not released until 1995. This is Greg and Gary working out on the King Crimson Classic. 21st century schizoid man. Thank you. 
21st Century Schizoid Man featuring Greg Lake and Gary Moore. From Greg's album, King Biscuit Flower Hour presents Greg Lake in concert. Now let's get to know Graham Lilly, longtime friend and guitar tech, to Gary Moore. Thanks for being on the program, Graham. Our, um, oh, my pleasure. Oh, thank you. Our mutual friend Julian has described you to me as perhaps the world's leading authority on all things Gary Moore. Um, I'm sure there's there's... There's some hardcore fans who could probably dispute that. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, uh, can you shed some light on your history with Gary? Where and when did you meet? And uh, in what capacities did you work with him over the years? I, I started working for Gary uh, first is, um, and, and continued to do so throughout the time. Uh, there's uh, Guitar Tech um, back in May of 1988, just uh, as Gary was starting the After the War uh, album sessions. And basically, basically worked all the way through. Um, I had a little bit of time off in the '96. I did a couple of little tours with people, but I always done odds and ends for people as well as Gary stuff. But uh, Gary's fairly full time, you know, studio, album, tour, studio, album, tour. Okay. So it, was, it was it was fairly full on. Okay, you were uh, on the road a lot with him then, I guess. Yeah, on the road in the studio. Um, Gary lived in America during most of 1991, so I'd be sort of commuting back and forth every six weeks because uh, we're doing, you know, Gary's living there, but he was also rec- starting to record the next album, which became the After Hours album in 92. Okay, so you were uh, uh, ocean hopping, huh? Yeah, just a little bit. Just a little bit. Uh, um, but anyway, Gary was obviously very versatile, and he played in a variety of musical genres from blues rock to hard rock slash heavy metal, even some progressive rock and jazz fusion type stuff. What do you think was driving him through all of this exploration? I think just playing playing the guitar in, in all its forms, really. Um, you know, he, he could turn his hand quite well to, to most styles. He, he came up with... So many stars, obviously starting off with the blues clubs in, in Belfast and then in, down into Dublin when he was joined Skid Row back in the uh, late 60s. But, um, you know, there's, there's such a wide variety in his playing through the, as you say, through the blues stuff, the jazz rock stuff with Coliseum 2, mm-hmm. the hard rock stuff in the sort of early 90s, early 80s rather, up through to the, the end of end of 89 when he's just when I joined, he was just doing that last rock album, if you like, uh, and jumped... F- feet first into the still got the blues project 
and then sort of drifted in and out. So those little glimpses of the Scars project was very much a sort of rock outfit, and then he did the uh, the Monsters of Rock tour, which was the Scars material and some of his older rock material, which uh, people were uh, quite always keen to hear him play. So uh, there's that, and then obviously the the last tour he did, which was very much a return to his. Uh, again, it's, it's just so much light and shade with Gary. It was um, almost difficult to pin him down. Maybe it um, always kept people guessing. Um, but I don't think it disappointed anybody. I think once once you're a fan, you tended to go with it. You know, it was always uh, rather than just churn out the same style album after album. He did, uh, let's say, keep people guessing. Yeah, a bit of a chameleon, yeah. Yeah, but uh, whether that worked against him, I don't know. But I suppose you lose fans, but you gain fans. You know, on on any project. And obviously, the the different a different beat album in 1999 was a little bit of an eye-opener with a lot of sort of modern, at that time, beats and samples and that sort of stuff. But everybody was kind of doing it, as it then turned out. Everyone had turned a hand to it. Um, you know, uh, Eric Clapton did one with Simon Climey. Uh, Jeff Beck did some stuff. And, and Jeff would obviously do stuff that's just quite off the wall anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, so for Gary to do it, maybe it was it did throw a lot of people. But again, the guitar was very much in the forefront there. It was all about the guitar at the end of the day. Right. I've always admired versatility, and I guess you, you more or less have to change a little with the times, or you kind of get put in a little box, you know, and forgotten, maybe. Yeah, I mean, I think, as Gary said a number of times, he was getting a bit fed up with the uh, the power rock sort of thing, the, the big hair and pointy guitar sort of side of it, and him being pigeonholed into doing another rock record and that's why when he jumped into the still got the blues project it was such a refreshing change for him just to to play those tunes that he sort of admired uh the cover versions they did going back to the blues breakers album the one with uh, you know the beano album and the um the hard road so you know playing those songs he got immense enjoyment from from them because that's what a sort of song is be playing backstage in a dressing room before you go on and you know get the pointy guitars out and uh, <laughs> you know do all that sort of stuff okay so yeah i guess we're talking about how he'd come back to his blues roots now it's only speculation but do you think that's where his soul was or might he have eventually moved on to another phase again after that if he hadn't uh, passed away in the untimely manner that he did well, I, I don't know it's, 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 you can never pin gary down he did uh you know he went he followed his own muse really i suppose in that respect um which, uh, you know, and all, all power to him. I think it was very much a question of what he was feeling at the time. Say when he, you know, he was getting trying to be pigeonholed, boxed in by the record label at the time to come up with another rock record, another heavy metal pointy guitar job. And he said, no, I'm going to do this stuff. And of course, he did it. He was enjoying himself. The songs came out. The record company heard it went, oh, yes, we like this as well. <laughs> so, yeah, keep doing it. Well, that's More good. power to your elbow. Yeah, it's good they didn't try to pigeonhole him and make him uh, stay in the same vein. I, I, I think they've done that to a lot of artists over the years. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think it's it's so easy for a record company to say, "Well, just keep on doing it." It's you know, right? The last record didn't do quite as well as the last one, but maybe the next one will. And you know, that's that's for any artist. Obviously, record companies are out always out for hits or you know something they can ha- add to their back catalogue of stuff. But um, I call it the Aerosmith effect. For a while there, they were just making the same power ballad over and over. In my opinion, that's just my opinion now. I might get some barbs from listeners out there. but uh, So anyway, uh, you're talking uh, record company people. So uh, right now you're working with some, correct, the good folks at BMG 
they're putting AMG, to, yeah. putting together a new Gary Moore collection called Blues and Beyond. So, uh, what have you been consulting on this? Um, yeah, I've in con- in connection with uh, Gary's company that uh, that I work for, we've uh, sat down. It's obviously BMG were keen to have a batch of the material um, out in some form and do something special for you know the fans. Uh, out endless compilations on CDs. So, well, can we make something a little different? You know, and you know, something with a bit more added value because you know. The, the pound in, ev- in anyone's pocket is, you know, buying less and less these days. I think it's you've got to have something to make people interested. Otherwise, they're going to go, oh, no, I've heard that before. I've got that album. No, I'm not bothered. So, so uh, um, you think this is, there's, this is something different then? Oh, uh, very much so. I mean, you've got, obviously, the two, see, in the, especially in the box set. Yeah, the the, box uh, set. I guess we should let the folks know that there's two different versions right now that, that are going to be available. Uh, the one package is just the two CDs of more or less uh, uh, greatest hits of like his uh, blues material, correct? Yeah, from, from the sort of 1999 up until about 2004-05 period. Okay, which, and then there's um, the full-on box set, which has those two CDs plus two additional CDs in a book, correct? Yeah, there's the two additional CDs. CDs three and four are a never-released live album in its entirety. The whole show, obviously... Um, warts and all not that there's many warts in it but uh obviously it comes from uh, 2000 march 2000 and uh obviously we haven't been able to do anything with it in regards to fixing anything not that it needed fixing so it is a a great record of of the show of how it went down you know it's uh as i say it's all there um never before released there's a couple of tracks on it that haven't seen the light of day being released studio tracks that have you know never been performed on, on record, so to speak. So that's interesting. Um, there's a very interesting track, one of the encores, uh, Enough of the Blues, is a very early demo version because, uh, say, this show dates from March 2000 and the follow-up album, which became Back to the Blues, didn't come out until early 2001. So it was quite rare for Gary to play unreleased songs in concert, but as you're sort of working, working them through, working out the kinks, as you do... Um, this version was in the live set, along with a couple of other tunes. Uh, that show, um, uh, The Prophet, which used to close the show, that was another track that ended up on the next studio album uh, the following year, so that hadn't been played, but is documented on other other releases since then. Um, so that's quite interesting. And yes, the, um, the, biography, the official biography, uh, written by um, Harry Shapiro, uh, it's called I Can't Wait Until Tomorrow, and it's, um, it's an official warts and all biography of gary and what drove him in his music i suppose um harry's he spent best part of three years on the project he must have interviewed best part of a hundred different people friends family uh, associates of gary from right back to his school days even um up until you know obviously his, his family his children and stuff they've all played a pl- part in it um and I say it's all there in the in the biography, which is only available in the box set. Okay, uh, were you interviewed? I'm assuming you probably were. Uh, yeah, on, <laughs> <laughs> on a good few occasions, and and helped Harry out with uh, various uh, old press interviews and you know DVD stuff, and so Harry could get a whole idea and flavour of what you know Gary's music was about. Um, I mean, Harry's quite a experienced author 
with musical biographies, done some stuff, Clapton, Hendrix, uh, and a Jack Bruce book that came out a number of years ago. Um, so he's got a lot of experience of that. But as regards Gary's music, he hadn't, it wasn't something he'd come across um, all the time. He'd heard some of the stuff, but uh, he really sort of immersed himself into it all. And obviously you got more of the albums and say all the DVD stuff, even some VHS stuff that's uh, never been out on DVD. So Harry had the whole gamut of everything to uh, explore. And obviously all the other albums he done, the Coliseum 2 and his early stuff. I'm going to thin be Lizzie t- stuff, everything. Really. Yeah, Thin Lizzie. I'm going to be touching on a little of that, a little of everything on the program. My show is primarily about prog rock, so I'm going to tie it in with got to play uh, a, a track or two that he did with Greg Lake, obviously, and uh, the Coliseum 2 stuff, you know, uh, at yeah. least something to represent that. But, you know, I'm going to try to center on some of uh, his, his solo stuff more and um, have the interview included here. Um, so well, there's, there's, a, there's a great, you know, there's a great body of work to choose from. Oh, you know, absolutely. I mean, it's there's so much light and shade and, and little corners. You think, oh, what's that? And, and stuff that people maybe miss first time on an album. And then, you know, the, the, I mean, the, the thing about the streaming world, I suppose, all the materials up there so people can dig dig deeply dig a lot deeper these days and uh, and experience this stuff which is great you know in that respect um it's all there to be discovered <laughs> yeah yeah i agree there's there's some pluses and some minuses to the current state of affairs i guess we'll say <laughs> um well yeah i mean obviously uh, everyone's gripe is there is the um the revenue is right. absolutely ridiculous you know point zero 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 yeah penny of whatever it's it's just crazy yeah so, that's the bad know, part it, it, it seems to just devalue the whole concept of music. If it's yeah, just as such art, a disposable thing. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, and I don't like that. I obviously, I'm, I'm doing this, and you know, one, I'm trying to spread the word on great music, you know, because yeah, it, it just seems like it is devalued. It isn't really appreciated for art. It's just data now. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Now for some more music. I've put together a little trilogy of war-related songs from different eras of Gary's career. First up, Nuclear Attack from Greg Lake's first eponymous solo album in 1981.
nuclear attack from Greg Lake's first solo album in 81. Carrying on in our war trilogy, this is End of the World from Gary's solo album Corridors of Power in 1982.
End of the World by Gary Moore from his 1982 solo album, Corridors of Power. Now let's listen to a Gary Moore solo song called After the War from his album of the same name in 1989.
After the War by Gary Moore from his 1989 solo album of the same name. Now let's listen to a little more of my conversation with Gary's longtime friend and guitar tech, Graham Lilly. You know, just data. Yeah, well, it's it's, yeah. it's just number crunching. But and there's there's so much out there. Not that not that there was never a lot of music out there for people to discover. I just think it's there's so much of it now. It's harder for people to discover. It's got to be almost found by recommendation or finger on the pulse of the pop charts for the kid. I mean, I've, I've got two daughters and they they come up with some stuff from completely left field at time. He goes, how do you know about that? Oh, it was on so-and-so's playlist. Oh, okay. Mm. Cool. So turn it up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's nice when you can connect. I had a, yeah, my one son, you know, I didn't have to hit him over the head uh, too much. He really appreciated some really good stuff over the years, you know, you know, he'd hear it. And then he'd just, I mean, like even off the wall stuff, like, Lindisfarne or something I'd be playing uh you know the uh, winter song or whatever and uh uh oh that's a great song who was that you know and it's just like wow you know it's maybe it's genetic you know maybe <laughs> well, I, I don't think you can force you don't think you can right you don't want to force it so yeah right yeah, yeah it's there to be discovered and that's maybe half the joy of finding something you think wow what's this and then digging that little bit deeper and finding another gem you know it's it's um yeah. It's it's just whether it's how much of a battle it is to find stuff, or are people just too too busy in their generation Z, X, Y, wherever lives to sort of go, oh, oh, there's a playlist. Oh, that's how I feel at the moment. All right, I'll put that on, rather than sitting down and looking for stuff to play. Whereas, yeah. well, I suppose before you'd walk up to your shelf, look along the spines, pull a, pull a name out and go, oh, oh, I'll, I'll play that. But then again, you've already... I suppose you've already discovered it because you've been able to buy the album or the CD or whatever. Right. So it's, uh, you know what to expect. And it's just, oh, I'll play that again. Or, oh, I haven't played that for a while. But I suppose now, because there's so much availability of everything, you can dig around and, and jump from, you know, artist to artist to project to album to all sorts of things. Oh, well, let's find a live version of that. Oh, let's go back to, oh, there's a demo of it. Oh, let's listen to that. Yeah. So, but in some ways, maybe there's too much. Yeah, I wonder. It become, become too much of a blur at the t- after time. Yeah, um, yeah. As, as time goes on, obviously, there's more and more music there to, you know, to to check out if you're so interested. You know, there's. This, I mean, now it's, <laughs> you compare it to uh, fifty years ago or even twenty five years ago. There's just there's twenty five more years worth of music now. You know, that's been done. And, totally, uh, totally. Yeah. So um, yeah, it, it's. I, I see what you're saying. It's a, uh, it's, it's a vast world to explore, and it's interesting that uh, you know you're talking about your daughter's listening to playlists. And I mean, I can't even relate to that. I'm an album guy, you know, but there's very few album people anymore that, you know, they don't even really, p- kids these days don't even think about it or talk about it or, or even buy it as an album. They'll buy one song here, one song there, whatever, you know, or download. You know, a lot of people just don't even the album isn't really a form anymore. And I remember the no, days, you know, it was, you'd hold the album in your hand and it was big and you could read the stuff that was, you know, even when it went to CD, then all the printed stuff was, you needed a magnifying glass. Well, you know, obviously I'm older now. Yeah. The eyes aren't what they used to be, but uh, yeah, it just seemed like it just went down a step there. And then from there, and now it's like uh, Probably a lot of people never even know what the album art or any of the liner notes even say or look like. You know, it's it's just no, foreign think, to me. Yeah, I think we've we've lost a lost a lot. We've lost more than we've gained, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, I think you know? I agree. 
in you know it not just in audio quality um which uh, is i suppose is coming back these days the likes of certain streaming systems which have high res obviously you're paying a premium for it but um you know it does sound a lot better because i i can't listen to a lot of stuff online because it's just so flat and just there's just no it's just been squished too much as yeah. it's just it, actually starts giving me a headache after a while <laughs> i started <laughs> i started redoing some of my old cds i you know back in the day no one ever told me that you'd be able to buy four terabytes for a hundred bucks someday you know so whenever i started all this you know 30 years ago or whatever 25 years ago putting it all on digital i was going at 128 because you know megabytes and gigabytes were expensive relatively oh, yeah. and now it's dirt cheap and it's like wow you know i I'm going to re-rip these CDs, you know. I've been going through my collection and re-ripping things as I as I feel like it, just to have them at at a higher bit rate, you know. Sure. Oh yeah. yeah. Because once once you've got it, it's you know you might as well. It's um, it's not like you're uh, uploading it anywhere. It's it's already yours. Right. Or, or after a fashion, you know. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and all the all the argument that goes with that, whether you've just got a license to play it, you actually own the physical CD, which is what pennies worth, but it's the actual end of the day it's what's on the cd it's the material itself that's yeah, the real value right so uh anyway back to gary moore as a close friend how do you think he would like to be remembered i mean obviously as a guitar player uh, as a guitar player yeah. first and foremost first and anything foremost. else you know i mean all this thing blues legends uh, whatever i don't know these again pigeonholes well i think with Gary, you couldn't really pigeonhole him because he was so many different things, you know. As you know, through across his career with jazz rock, heavy metal, rock, blues, you know, he wouldn't fit into one pigeonhole. Whether that did him any disservice, I don't know. Uh, yeah. But I think most, mostly, you know, as a guitar player, musician, um, which is all he all he really wanted to be, you know, I suppose. That's what the motivation for him getting up in the morning was to make music in, in lots of ways, you know. Um, obviously, think priorities change slightly as, you know, he gets older and the family come along, I suppose, that, you know, they occupy your time. But when you're young in your early early 20s and you're in a band, that's all you can see. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's all you can see is, is just playing, playing the guitar or, or whatever instrument you play. That's what it's all about, you know. That's your motivation for doing anything is uh, enjoying your music, getting it across to other people, having them enjoying it, which makes you enjoy it more. Yeah. Um, I was, again, going back when I listened to the live album in here, the audience are really picking up on various parts, really roaring along. It's like, well, that must just give the, the guys on stage such a lift. Absolutely, um, yeah. It's enjoying it even more than just actually get up and playing. It's uh, it validates while they're there, while why they're there in the first place. Yeah, to have the the fans singing back, or you know, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, just applauding, you know, applauding the um the whole thing. Just uh, it's great. So is this uh is this a really good place to start if you're just getting into Gary, or is this do you think there's more more of like uh for the fan or or uh, um it's a bit bit of both because obviously um. The era where Gary came from, a lot of this material, say, was late 90s, mid 2000s. So there's a, another generation come up through that since then. So it's a good opener for for folk in that respect. Um, obviously, if they want to dig deeper, there's plenty of compilations out there of his previous material, 
previous blues material and the rock stuff and all the rest of the stuff. There's so much out there. It's great. But this is the first first real compilation of that era of music lumped together, if you like, um, which is uh, which is good. It's, it's a good representation. It's virtually all the stuff from that time period. Um, so it's a very good opener. There's Again, there's quite a lot of light and shade uh, amongst it. So it's not like a... CD one's all the heavy stuff or the hard blue stuff, and then CD and then CD two's the ballads. It's 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 a bit of a mixture, so it will uh, hopefully pique people's interest. Okay, and then if you get the full on box set, you're also going to get the unreleased live concert and the book, double live album and the book. Yeah, and, and I believe this there's, there's a couple of uh, little bits of memorabilia and stuff reproduced. Uh, Gig tickets, uh, laminate or, or not, like a gig sticker, and an invitation to uh, an album launch that we did back in 2001 for the Back to the Blues album uh, in a club, which is uh, well, the club's gone because they've they're putting a railway line through the site. But uh, yeah, mm-hmm. lots of things has all changes. But um, yeah, so there's a couple of other little added extras, if you like, which uh, it makes a, a nice package. Uh, I'm still waiting to see the uh, the final bit. I've seen we had a question and answer playback session in london uh week before last and uh just for invited audience and and press and stuff and uh it was good to see the bits and pieces all together in one thing and see the final artwork all come together which was was good it was very interesting sounds great now let's hear one from the brand new bmg gary moore collection called blues and beyond this is oh pretty woman Rising sun, say oh yo, keep painting powder, ain't gonna help you not She's a pretty woman right down to her bones So you might as well leave your skin alone Pretty woman What's no matter with you? No matter with 
Pretty Woman by Gary Moore from the new BMG box set version of Blues and Beyond. Don't go anywhere. Prague Watch will be right back. Before we are through with today's show, we will hear one more track from the new Blues and Beyond collection. But for now, let's listen to a couple of Gary's highest charting songs in the UK and Ireland. First up, from his Back on the Streets album in 1978, one of his best-known songs, Parisian Walkways. Oh, I 
That was Parisian Walkways from Gary's Back on the Streets album in 1978, a song co-written by his Thin Lizzy cohort, Phil Lynott. Now for another well-known Gary Moore song, also co-written with Phil Lynott. This one is a 1985 single about strife in Northern Ireland called Out in the Fields.
Out in the Fields by Gary Moore and the late Phil Linett, a single recorded not long before Phil's untimely death in early 1986. And I would be remiss to put on a Gary Moore program without at least one from his time with Thin Lizzy. So this is Do Anything You Want To from the Thin Lizzy classic Black Rose, a rock legend from 1979. Don't let these people compromise you Be wise to 
Do Anything You Want To from Thin Lizzy's 1979 album Black Rose, A Rock Legend. We have time for a few more, and I want to get in one more from Coliseum 2. So this is Star Maiden slash Mysterioso slash Quasar from the 1978 album War Dance.
That was Star Maiden slash Mysterioso slash Quasar from the third Coliseum 2 album called War Dance in 1978. We are just about out of time, so I hope you enjoyed this slightly different prog watch on the legendary rock guitarist Gary Moore. When I post this show to my website progwatch.com, I will have links where you can find more information about Gary and his diverse musical career and where you can find that new Gary Moore collection from BMG entitled Blues and Beyond. I'm going to send you off with one more from that new BMG collection, a song called Fire. So thanks for coming along for the ride, and thanks to Julian for getting me together with Graham Lilly. Also thanks to Graham for a pleasant and enlightening chat. Until next time, be good to each other, and prog on, brothers and sisters.
Thank you. It's been a pleasure. See you again. Thank you. Good night. Thank you. Spanish ladies, farewell and adieu to you ladies of Spain, for we've received orders for to sail back to Boston, and so never more shall we see you again. Program complete.